Super Talk Mississippi media production. Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. That's right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this Thursday. Just a couple more days before Ole Miss and Tulane, Yulman Stadium, New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, what an interesting setting that that is going to be. And frankly, I'm really excited about this game. So we're going to talk about it a little bit today. Uh, I've got some thoughts on just you know what we're going to learn or what we can learn or what this game means, and I've got three keys as well. Three keys to a win for Ole Miss against Tulane. So again, I'm Michael Borky. Please follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to this one. So if you're listening on the website and browser, hop on over to your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. So... This game is being hyped beyond measure down there in New Orleans, and understandably so, actually. I, I, I think that, you know, if I was working down there, I'd be talking about this game heavily. I had somebody say to me yesterday that this is 2015 Memphis uh, for Tulane, and that was a really good comparison. Remember how, and, you know, you guys are hoping that it doesn't end that same way, full transparency, I don't think it will. But remember how just unbelievably jacked up Memphis was about that game and what they thought that that win meant. Now, with the benefit of hindsight, we learned that that win, I mean, really did nothing, honestly. At the time, it felt huge for them, and they were talking about conference realignment and getting into the Big 12, and and none of that actually happened as a result of that game, and uh, programs kind of faded into irrelevancy after that, but... That was a, a jacked-up, really hyped environment in a big game for them, and they capitalized and they won. And this is kind of that way. I mean, they are a really good football team. It is a much smaller venue. And a lot of people have made a lot out about Yulman Stadium and, and playing there and, and things like that. The Tulane people are going to be jacked up for this game, I, I understand. But I I think roughly a third of that place is going to be wearing red anyway. I mean, it's anecdotal, but like everybody I know or interact with is like, yeah, I'll be in New Orleans. I mean, I think that you're going to see that it's not going to feel the same as as some people are making it out to be. I, I've I had somebody say, well, they only gave us 3,000 tickets. And I was like, man, there's going to be more than 3,000 of you there. I know a handful of people just in my little circle that I know of people that bought two-lane season tickets just to have some for this game. The secondary market has been flooded with Ole Miss people. There's going to be a lot of Ole Miss fans there. It's going to be a really good environment, but not like a hornet's nest or whatever. It's it, Ole Miss will not be rattled at all by environment, not anywhere close. Like It can be hyped by local media. They won't be, though. I mean, Jackson Dart played in difficult environments, a year ago. That's a real thing. He was in Baton Rouge, for God's sakes, last year. So Yulman Stadium, where a third of it is wearing red, is not going to be an intimidating environment for Ole Miss, but it still is a absolutely massive, huge game 
uh, for Tulane. And that's exciting to me. I know that's it was weird to say, but I, I'm excited about the test that Ole Miss is going to get this weekend. Now, we'll see about Michael Pratt's health. That That is a, a big question mark. He's not going to be 100%. I don't care what Willie Fritz says. He is. There is no way you go from the inability to take knees at the end of a game a week later being 100%. I expect him to play. He's tough. I mean, he's a veteran. He's savvy. He's all of the things that Lane Kiffin said that he is, and he's all the things that everybody else is saying that he is. They are all right. They're all true. But he's not going to be 100%. There, there's no way that what I saw at the end of the South Alabama game is 100% a week later. But even if he's not, he's still a quality veteran quarterback uh, who won't be intimidated by Ole Miss. Ole Miss is not going to intimidate him at all. And if he's able to be effective on that leg, he's a good test for Ole Miss's secondary. He's a good test for Pete Golding. We are going to learn so much, I think, about this Ole Miss team this weekend. And I'm excited to learn things. I'm not patient. I know they play Alabama here in two weeks. I know that we're really going to learn about Ole Miss, like really and truly learn about if they're going to be an 8-9 win team or a 6-7 win team in that three-game stretch where it's Alabama, LSU, Arkansas. But I'm not patient. And so I want to know things now. And I think we are going to get a good gauge of Ole Miss this weekend. We're, we're going to see them tested. We're going to see them on the road. It's going to be hot as hell. And God bless you guys if you're going to be sitting in the in the sun. It's going to be hot. It's New Orleans. It's September. It's going to be hot. Uh, but, but it is. And so that's a factor here. I'm excited to find out things. I'm excited to learn what a Pete Golding defense is actually going to look like because last week we just did not get a gauge of how they're going to scheme people, of what they have because of rotations. We didn't learn anything about Ole Miss defensively last week, and I don't think we did. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we did learn things. I just I don't know. I'm going to wait and see. But the, the test that is coming, the environment that it's going to be, a bunch of, I mean, just a really exciting and hyped game and a really cool place. People have kind of, you know, dumped on the idea of why are they not playing in the Dome? Why are they playing on Tulane's campus? It shouldn't be there. I actually love this. I love this when it happens in college football. I love when Virginia Tech plays at Old Dominion, for example. I love that Ole Miss is not playing in the Dome where there would be 40,000 empty seats in the Superdome. Ole Miss has played it at Tulane in the Dome in recent history, and Ole Miss brought a great crowd, and Tulane had what they had. And the dome was a cavern. There's nobody there. It, it can't it can't feel like an environment in the Superdome, but it will feel like one there. It's a nice venue. I've been around it. I have not watched a game there, but it's not a dump as it's been described. It's a nice. It's a small, very intimate, but it is a nice, relatively new stadium. It, it's a perfectly fine place to to watch games. I love that Ole Miss is doing this. I love that this actually happens, and it's happening more and more in college football, where big, bad SEC is going to go on the road to the AAC and play a game in 30,000-seat Yulman Stadium. I actually like this. And for those of you making the trip, I think you're going to have a blast. I know that that New Orleans has its problems. I am a little bit biased towards this city. Uh, I have grown to love it since I've moved to Mississippi. I adopted the Saints and Pelicans when I moved to Jackson. 
nine years ago because my cable package only allowed me to watch the Saints and Pelicans, so I just figured, what the hell? So I am a little biased. But even the, the city as it is now, which you've all seen the headlines and stuff, I, I have too. You can still go down there and have a hell of a weekend and have a great time and go to great places and be safe as long as you're not stupid and have a lot of fun. I'm going to be down there uh, this weekend going to the Saints game. I'm going to have a blast. I know if you're going, you're going to have fun too. If you want recommendations, I'm not like from New Orleans, so I probably couldn't give you as in-depth ones, but I've got like a list save of places to eat and places to go. If you want that, DM me on Twitter and I will send it to you. But it's going to be a fun weekend if you're going. It's a nice place to watch a game. There's no shade, though, so just keep that in mind. It's going to be hot, so prepare for that. But it's a nice, intimate venue. Going to be a pretty charged-up environment where there's going to be a lot of you guys in red there. And you get to see your team tested. So, I don't know. I'm excited about this game. I'm excited to learn about Ole Miss and what they have. I'm excited to see Jackson Dart get tested if this step forward is a real step forward or if it's because of opponent last week, all that stuff. But we'll get into more of this in a second. I'm, I'm going to get a bit repetitive here because I've got three keys for the game. If Ole Miss is going to beat Tulane, here are the three most important things, in my opinion, that will lead to an Ole Miss victory or possibly lead to an Ole Miss defeat. But I want to tell you the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online absms.com, that's the website, Advantage Business Systems. If you or your business are located anywhere in Mississippi, anywhere in this state, and you need office, technology, copiers and printers, mail machines, IT projects, phone systems, if it's tech, if it's in the office, and your Mississippi business needs it, check them out online, absms.com, and tell them I sent you and get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. And believe it or not, you can actually have pleasant banking experiences at Priority One Bank. Uh, I did not have those at my previous bank. It was always kind of a pain in the you-know-what to go stop by your bank, or at least it was for me at my bank uh, before I switched to Priority One. Every time I go, it's easy, it's fast, and they remember who I am, which to me matters. It's important, and uh, Priority One Bank makes you their priority. Key number one for Ole Miss, pass rush. Will they be able to get to the passer? Because that was something that they struggled with a year ago. You guys know that. You watched it. Different scheme, a lot of different players, different coordinator, all that. But this is a team that did struggle to get after the quarterback one year ago. And so who and how are they going to put pressure on the veteran Michael Pratt? Who is it Who is it going to be and how are they going to do it? Are they going to be able to get to him just bringing four? Will Cedric Johnson and Jared Ivey and, and Pegues on the inside and, and all the guys they brought in, Ukwu and, and on and on and on, who is it going to be? What is the rotation going to look like? Can they get there with just the defensive line or, or are they going to have to bring an extra linebacker? How is Pete Golding going to scheme this up? I am so curious to see who they use to try to get after the quarterback and how they use them. This is going to be the first time that we really get Pete Golding trying to scheme up an opponent while being the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. And as you guys know, I don't think that this is a, a finished product. What you're going to get this year 
in my opinion, is not what you're going to get long-term with Pete Golding. I think it's going to take time to get the the players in that can really run his system with familiarity and, and at the highest level. But we're still going to see, for the first time, how he schemes an opponent up and who he uses to scheme that opponent up. But it's pass rush. Veteran quarterback, possibly a little banged up. If you can't get to Michael Pratt, are you going to get to Milrow? Probably not, right? So Ole Miss generating pass rush this weekend, if they're able to do it, will lead to winning games because, here, I'm a sports genius, generating pass rush helps you win football games. That's why I get paid the big bucks, everybody. But seriously, if they can't get after Michael Pratt, then you've really got to wonder what the rest of the season is going to look like. But if they can, it's a good sign moving forward. Who is it going to come from? How are they going to do it? What is Pete Golding's defense actually going to look like now that they actually have to try to scheme up somebody? I'm really watching the defensive line and pass rush against a veteran, possibly injured quarterback. Number two, key number two for Ole Miss, in my opinion, is Jackson Dart's comfort level. As you guys know, and as we talked about, he looked really, really good last week. Looked really comfortable. Looked like he knew exactly where to go with the football. Like the offense was just his native language. But it's Mercer. And so how much of what we saw from Jackson Dart last week was because of opponent, and how much of that was because he took a step forward? As I said earlier, Yulman is not going to be an environment that intimidates him. He's played enough football and he's played enough games on the road to understand how to operate in difficult environments. And I don't think Saturday's going to be a difficult environment, not compared to when he was in Baton Rouge last year, like I said. So it's not going to be, quote-unquote, difficult. But the pressure does uh, is enhanced in this game, no doubt. The opponent's clearly better, really much, much, much better. Not even, Apples to oranges or... Really apples to like lawn chairs in comparison between the two opponents that he would have seen this year. So how comfortable is he? Is he still that guy that can throw that 30-yard back shoulder throw on a rope like he did on Saturday? Is he still the guy that's going to sit in the pocket like he did comfortably and go to second and third reads and distribute the football without taking risks and doing so comfortably? Can he avoid turnovers? That's a big thing. Can he avoid a late throw or something like that? How comfortable really is Jackson Dart in this offense? How much of a step forward has he taken? Because I think it's clear that he has taken one. I think Saturday is going to give us a really good idea of how big that step is. If he remains comfortable and poised and confident like he was last Saturday, Ole Miss is going to beat Tulane. We're going to see how comfortable and poised he looks with this really good test from Tulane on Saturday. And finally, number three, tight ends and wide receivers. Who? Aside from Trey Harris, which, who is Trey Harris? Who Who is he? Is he the next Ole Miss wide receiver that's really, really good that somehow ends up in the second round because I guess that's the thing now with Ole Miss and wide receivers. They're really good, they're skilled, and they still get drafted in the second round instead of the first where they belong. Uh, but is he that guy? Is he a takeover wide receiver who can do what he did last week against basically anybody or or not? I think we're going to find out some of that. Again, Tulane's not Alabama. They're not LSU. But it is a step up. Can he still be depended on to get open and physically dominate his opponent when the opponent gets better? We're going to find that out on Saturday. We know what Jordan Watkins is capable of already. He's reliable. He's healthy. We know he's effective at this level. Is there anybody else, uh, though? Is it just going to be Harrison Watkins? 
Is Dayton Wade going to have a bigger role, a more important role? Is Aiden Williams ready to step up and and be that guy? What about Knox? There are a lot of options in this wide receiver room, but not really any proven options yet. And Mercer didn't give us a good look at who they're going to use more often and who they think they can depend on because they could throw anybody in there and go score touchdowns. So who is Trey Harris? And who besides Harris and Watkins will step up and be reliable? And then, of course, the tight end position. No priest corn this week. Uh, we'll have to see what that looks like uh, if he's able to come back next week or if he's back by Alabama. But Heath and uh, Michael Trigg, they, they have to be reliable. This offense goes so much better with an effective tight end. And, you know, Heath looks better for sure. It was Mercer, but still, he, he looks a little bit thicker. Apparently, they really like his ability in the pass game. So can he be dependable? Can Michael Trigg lock in this week and, and use those physical tools and, and be dependable? We're going to have to see because still no pre-scorn. Who at tight end is going to step up and, and be there? Because this offense is so good when they have even just okay at tight end. So there are your three keys. Pass rush, darts, comfort, who are the wide receivers? If the if Trey Harris is good, if Watkins is still Watkins, if Dart's comfortable and they get after Pratt, they're going to win this football game. I'm excited to be down in New Orleans. I will be around going to the Saints game, all that. If you see me, say hello. Uh, or just walk on by because it's probably what I deserve. And uh, we'll be back post-game show the second the game ends. I'm going to start recording the post-game show, get it up uh, earlier to you this week than last week. And uh, so I'll see you guys then and then live stream Sunday night if I get back from New Orleans in time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy your weekend in New Orleans. Enjoy your football. See you guys down there, and I'll talk to you uh, on the post-game right after Ole Miss and Tulane on Saturday. See you all then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.